Well, that was an interesting ed- podcast edit. This is Matt. I just got done editing the podcast that you're about to listen to. And um, first off, our podcast failed, our recording failed. So I actually had to edit this off of the live audio from the Twitch stream. So it does not sound as good as it normally would. Uh, we had to use some Skype audio and we and I couldn't get in and clean it as well as I normally can. So my apologies for any sound differences. Our quality is normally a little higher than it is this week. Secondly, we had a lot of feedback on last week's episode about politics uh, and how politics and racial issues entered into the discussion last week. And uh, we definitely get into that some more. Uh, but there was one email that I got pretty direct with how I felt um, and basically unloaded my own thoughts on racial inequality, which a lot of you are here for escapism, and I get that. And that's what some of our feedback was on. Some of it was, <laughs> we have feedback saying uh, we don't get uh, we don't get into the weeds of the racial politics enough, and we got feedback saying we got too into it. So, as a compromise, I took that that email and moved it to the end of the podcast. And I will put a little warning in case you don't feel like uh, hearing my personal views, or I guess all of our personal views on um, racial inequality. Uh, at the end, it was already at the end, but I guess I'll just give you a, give you a warning uh, because I don't... Uh, normally... I walk the line between like talking about racism and not really getting into the politics of it and how it directly relates to the current uh, political climate. I go beyond that in this in this episode, which we've never really done before on the podcast. So uh, if you're not into that, feel free to peace out at that moment. Um, we will continue to talk about the racial overtones as they come up in the television series. We're not going to become a politics podcast, as we say toward the end. But um, if... <laughs> We don't, as we say over and over in this episode, we don't believe civil rights is politics. And the civil rights and racial overtones of this episode of Falcon Winter Soldier merited discussion, and we have that discussion. And anything further than that, I put at the end so you can bail out if you like. Enjoy. Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all the feedback and theories and... <clears throat> Lots of one-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> All that more after that, we have no control over. Do, 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 do. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And in our producer chair, we have the lovely Ashley Coffin. How you doing, Ash? I'm great, guys. How are you? Really, really, really good. Um, uh, hit us with that five-star review. Hey, speaking of girl in the chair, uh, Agnes Harkness said, I can geek out. I'm calling you guys the Cup. I just like the name, but I just added something extra like the podcast intriguingly does. You both put, or you put both opinions and arguments for everyone in the embarrassment to see what theories they decide they like and come up with. Thank you for being that podcast that has stuck around and made it easy for me to multitask and enjoy my Marvel-themed brain cells. <laughs> Jeff is hilarious, and Matt, you, Carol, is very clever. Ashley is a queen, just chilling in the chair, and when Matthew Fox comes along, he phrases the chat input in a way that makes my brain tingle with new information because of its relevancy. You guys are awesome with everything. Love you, 300. 
don't dissect it because everything has a meaning. <laughs> yes, when you guys cry, I cry. So your emotions on my shoulder. Oh, <laughs> that was a lovely review. It. Thank you so much. It was raving, stark raving. I love it. It's raving and full of lots of things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and the the reason it's particularly poignant this week is we got multiple one star reviews this week. <laughs> Um, I go away for the podcast for one minute and it all right. falls apart. Yep. yep. If you guys for one what? damn minute, she's not here to keep us, uh, keep us under control. And we went off the rails and we're going to, we got ourselves in trouble. Uh, no, but, but for real, what happened is apparently Jay Scotty did an amazing job. Oh yeah, for sure. Jay Scotty. That, yeah, that was, was so good. not meant to impugn. It was his, his first time. He's not, he's not ready to jump in and tell us what not to talk about. Um, but uh yeah so we did talk a little this show got a little political and so we talked about a little bit of the politics and the racial politics of this stuff and all that and like uh yeah we did and we got the funny the the funny thing is we got one star reviews on both sides saying we didn't go yep. that like we were not left enough and that we were not right enough and that yeah. basically racism doesn't exist and that we didn't understand racism well enough. That's how most of the feedback was, actually. It was split right down the middle. Yeah. We got everyone a, was mad at us. Everyone was mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, uh, I guess that's the show. We can just say everyone's mad at us. Uh, see you on Friday. Yeah. And, and, and like, honestly, the thing was, most of the stuff that we missed, like, we, like there were things that I didn't catch on the first viewing that were like some racial overtones that I missed, just completely missed, totally understood that we did miss some things. Um, uh, the ones that talked about racism not existing, I'm, I'm less uh, less keen, keen to entertain. And here's the thing. I don't think civil rights is politics. We've talked about this in the past. Civil rights is not the same as politics. And if you think it is, you might want to examine that. <laughs> uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, the way it covers these things, it's going to talk. We're going to end up talking about some of the racial overtones of the show. That's just going to be the case. And if you don't want any civil rights stuff in your Marvel, then you're probably watching the wrong universe because Marvel, the pages are covered with racial stuff. Can we get a word from the lady in the chair and see what she thought about this episode? Yeah, what you what do you think of this episode, Ash? I loved it. What a good start. Like really setting up the characters. Um there's things that I saw with Bucky that were just a little different because um, I was talking with Katie Rose Button after it sh we were messaging. And um, I really felt like we finally got to see Bucky the way he was in the first Avenger. Because if you go back and watch that movie, he's so charismatic. He has the quips. He's the ladies man. And then, mm -hmm. you know, he's like the war hero. He had a lot of lines, a lot of more FaceTime. And this is like the closest we've seen that character to who he was in that film. Like um, you can kind of see like Wakanda definitely did something in there that really helped with him and I, I love seeing him having to work through it like with the therapist uh, I thought it was great yeah I totally uh, agree I, so, I think that he's so just much. been freak, like a whole new Bucky I mentioned it on the main cast but like I thought that like Sam was as charismatic and wonderful as I expected him to be but mm -hmm. Bucky like blew me away with uh, his, his charisma and what he pulled off like I just I haven't really liked Bucky all that much in, in the movies and S since the first, since the first <laughs> Avenger, I love Bucky, but like, well, like he hasn't really given you that much other than like just presence on screen, yeah. right? Now he doesn't say so much. He he's more than just a face. Ashley, keep reminding yourself about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's more than just that long hair. Uh, um, 
<laughs> it's interesting because it's, you we learn in Civil War that he does remember everybody that he's killed. It seems like after he gets yeah. unscrambled, like when he meets up with them in Civil War and he's like, what did I do? He at the time doesn't remember, but when he's not so much under the Hydra brain scramble, he definitely remembers these things and, and sleeping on the floor. Uh, does it, Sam says something to him to uh, Captain America in the, what, what's the, what's my favorite one? And I can, in the winter soldier about yeah. how he still has to sleep on the floor. I so I loved all there. the little She's callbacks. He has a little book. Like Steve has a little book. It, they yeah. just the dynamic of the two of them is like Bucky's very Cap and Falcon's kind of like kind of Tony-ish. So the dynamic right. together is going to be great. Like together they are Captain America, but we'll see. We'll see. Falcon, I felt like um, I really was offended by the way he told that guy to not touch his wires because I don't like to be talked to like that. Mm. When he's like, "Can you not?" I would have flipped the table. It just didn't seem very. Uh, <laughs> Very Sam of him. Something well, something that I I didn't catch, and this is a new rock stars theory. So shout out to the new rock stars on YouTube. They uh they they had, the guy had a theory about that. He mentions when he when the guy reaches over to touch it, he mentions that um uh every time I send this in to be worked on by command, it comes back with problems. Yeah, and so his theory is that uh someone at command is uh trying to sabotage Falcon oh, because they don't want smart. there to be sort of the two Captain America's competing Captain America's thing. Mm-hmm. So there's actually like possibly someone actually trying to sabotage him. So when someone from okay. the military reaches over and tries to mess with his red wing, he's like, no, leave my stuff alone. <laughs> I'm the only one that's going to work on this. Cause every time I send it in, it ends up messed up and he's starting to think that someone's trying to uh, sabotage him. Well, and we know af- that wish.com Captain America is probably part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen so many great memes involving that man's face. <laughs> that man's stupid, punchable face. Like, <clears throat> nothing against the actor. Oh my god, Wyatt Russell, I'm so sorry that you have to endure all of this shit. But, like, you signed up for it. You knew what was coming, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like, perfect. And you're doing such a great job with it. He didn't have to say anything. <laughs> with yeah, exactly. With he eight wept seconds and we're on like, screen, we hate you. With we eight hate seconds you. on screen and nothing more than a wink, he has everyone hating him, and that's exactly what Marvel wanted. That's yeah. they're like, yep. they nailed we're it. All we're all marionettes, and they're just tugging on the little strings, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like. It's it's his face. They just put in front of us, and we're like, ah! And they're like, ah! who are you? Yeah, <laughs> you're not Steve. And <laughs> like, <they're, sighs> I okay. But however, Carl from Up with the with the fucking Captain America helmet on. Yeah, please stop. <laughs> so good, so good. It looks just like him. What it I really, really does. What I want now. Because I like the, I like an arc, and I like the, sort of the dichotomy and the uh, uh, changing of expectations or the subverting of expectations. Is I want by the end of this show for us to absolutely love that Captain America. <laughs> no. <laughs> and like I don't see it happening at this point. I think everyone's so on board, and I think it could be that he's the horrible guy. I would love to see that if the government's got some bad plans, and maybe they were trying to sabotage Sam. Maybe they were like convincing him. The theory that I have that I didn't think about until we got into it or whatever is the fact that that guy said, "You know, you're doing the right thing." When he handed over the shield, that guy clearly wanted him oh, out. That's sneaky. 
Ooh. And he's the guy that's introducing the new Cap later. Um, yep. And we know that uh, Falcon, we know that Bucky got a pardon for all his crimes. I'm assuming Falcon also needed a pardon because he was uh, he was on the uh, wrong side, quote in quotations, of Civil War. So, like, my best guess was that th- to get the pardon, he had to give up the shield. Oh, or something yeah. like that. Maybe there's some Bullshit, scene, I hate it. <laughs> right? Maybe there's some scene that they will reveal down the road where they're like, "This is what actually happened." Um, like, this is why he was so reticently giving it up, or whatever. Right. Hmm. I honestly just thought it was him resisting the call, as it were, resisting the call yeah. to be I Captain America. I still kind of think that that might be it. Though. Yeah, and this, I think I mean, he's going to have to see like travesty happening, and he's going to be like, "God damn it, I got to go get that shield now. I have to do it." I think that's right. it, and I think this might be the new Mephisto. This idea that like there's something, there's something behind the scenes that's pulling all the strings of this whole thing. And, yeah, it's yeah. Mephisto. Yeah, it's Mephisto. Yeah, it's Mephisto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're there again. That guy's there. Mephisto. That guy. Um, yep. He himself is Mephisto. When the devil that, that tells makes, you you're doing the right thing. Sense. I mean, uh, I like as much as I hate that kind of uh, that kind of story for Sam, just because like it's such a shitty thing to do to a beloved character. <laughs> like, right. it would be real solid. It would be real good. And uh, I hate it, and I love it, and I hate it. Like, why you got to do this to me, Matt? Yeah, it's just like how evil – I feel like we're definitely lining up on a story where the government is doing something evil and he has to stop it. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're seeming like they're going to be the antagonist of the story. It's just like how evil are they going to go? You know, yeah. were, they, were they just a how little – How low can you go? <laughs> were they just being like – PR evil, like sort of the boys-esque, where they're like, no, we need a very certain type of hero, and he needs to fit our fit our four-quadrant branding problem or whatever. <laughs> or are they are they going to go with, like, you know, this oh, is... Oh, God, I really don't want somebody following along behind John Walker that's like, oh, you're playing really great into the 18 to 24 demographic. <laughs> like, I, oh, I hate that. No I, personal I assistants that. named Ashley? I swear, I need that to stay in the boys because, like, <laughs> I hated that character. Like, I, she was perfect for what she needed to be, but, like, she made me so mad. Yeah. And, like, she was supposed to, but I don't like feeling like that. <laughs> well, feel the rage. That's yeah, my right. question. Were they just, like, worrying about branding and they're, like, putting a little pressure on him to give up the shield? That's possible. Or they were sabotaging his suit and trying to get him killed so they could replace him as Captain America. You know, it just seems that his missions also don't have a lot of explanation. Like who was they, that guy he saved that soldier. Why was he out there? He had no kind of backup. He has to do it off the radar, but yet he's not getting paid by the government to do these things. It's all very confusing. Yeah. Is he not yeah. getting paid by the government? He, to do those well, he is getting paid by the government. As far as I understand. Just not a lot. Just like, well, I think he's like, he said, I'm a contractor. And, right. He says contracts with the government. So I'm assuming he's getting paid something. Yeah. And it, it was making me think about re- working at the Renaissance Fair, like him being an Avenger. Because I bet when you're an Avenger, they pay for your phone. You use their cars. They pay for you to live. They pay for your TV. You pretty much probably get like a base salary. But other than that, like 
they take care and pay for everything. So when you don't live like at the Avengers base anymore, suddenly you don't have any of that stuff. You don't have your free phone. You don't have your, you well, the know, problem is who is car. they now before it was Stark. Like Stark was bankroll yeah. and everything is, has uh pepper taken that responsibility up? Uh, I would hope so. I would pepper. Th- she better. Yeah, she better. Uh, <laughs> but maybe not if she doesn't agree with what's going on. Maybe she's kind of siding with the government on certain things, or maybe she's not like, and I, that, that's the thing is like, for the last years before the five year blip, he was working with Steve and the Shadows. So it's like, mm-hmm. when was the last I feel time like he Tony had Tony never? Like, Tony never shut off in? Steve's credit card. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know about that, Ash. They were pretty mad at each other. <laughs> I know, but he loves him. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in love. <laughs> <laughs> He kept an untraceable account somewhere for him. Yeah, yeah. Swiss Swiss account, right? Yeah. I would hope so, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. It. They were pretty mad no, at each that's, other. <laughs> that's the money that was being stolen in this episode by the 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 Urukai. Like, oh, they, Black Smashers. they stole the Steve's Team Steve's money. Yeah, Team Steve's money. They had to they had to go to that Swiss bank. Dang, the firebenders are bad. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I couldn't think of the term flag smashers, so it's like they had the hand on their face. They're the Urukai. The firebenders. Oh, God, that's so fun. All right. Actually, I want to see what your thoughts on this are, and I want to watch your facial response to this. Um, I was informed of a theory, uh, or an observation, I guess, uh, about this episode I had not known about. Um, one of our pandas told me, Bucky, when he was talking about online dating, was looking at dude profiles. He was? Yep. Uh, the the thing that, that he says... The Hell thing, yeah. the he thing can that bring he a says, friend. right? The thing that he says is, um, he can half the time I don't know what I'm looking at. He's like, I mean, tiger photos, and apparently on Tinder, like years ago, five six years ago, um, it was very common for guys to put up pictures with a with a tiger to like make themselves seem more exotic. Um, I think and I think ladies Tinder do that had to too, shut though. That down. It was it was very heavily primarily men doing it. That may be. I don't know. I've definitely heard of not the tiger queen. I've definitely heard of ladies doing that as well. There's a whole business around it in other countries where like you can go and they basically dope up tigers. So you can go sit next to them for Instagram. Uh It's like, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. It's really bad. That's why they should shut it down. Right. So it was like, I've found a couple of articles about it and it was mostly men. And, uh, the, the theory suggests that Bucky's not entirely hetero. And I'm like, huh, that That's, makes your my mission, and like looping that little <laughs> that little thing a lot more uh, accurate. Hmm. I ship it. It's fine. With I ship me. it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> could be. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to lose. And the cry. You take it all the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's not to say that he, you know, he, he couldn't be some. He could. I mean, he could still like you. You know, he did accept the date with the lady. He'll bring his friend. Uh, I would love a bisexual Bucky. 
It just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> nice, I mean, yeah, it's, nice alliteration. It's alliterative. Yeah. I love alliteration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, oh, I remembered what I was going to mention uh, before I got sidetracked a minute ago. Uh, <laughs> the include, we were talking about this being like some sort of fake mission or like something wrong with that mission. Well, the inclusion of Bart Batrock. Batrock. The last time he was used was in, was in Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier when he was hired by Nick Fury to do the thing that he was doing so to, that it would uncover Hydra. If you remember? hijack the Lumerian star. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Oh, last yeah. time he was used, it was like a false flag operation being done by through subsidiaries by Nick Fury. So it would not be a huge leap if this was something similar. And that could be a little clue to the fact that he's in like that the government's involved with whatever mission this was. Maybe they were trying to get Sam hurt or something. Oh, not oh. cool. You, I Matt, you said it's not a huge leap, but <laughs> good call. We're talking about the leaper here. Yeah, that's true. Uh. Maybe it is a huge leap. Um, <laughs> It looks like Blake got it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Blake got it in the chat. <laughs> Mephisto confirmed, basically, is what we're saying here. Yeah, good call. Um, okay, yep. so let's head into feedback time, and we're going to say say au revoir, at least for now, from Ashley. She's going to head into the producer cave and uh, and do some feedback rounding. All right, this one comes first because it's a patron, and we read patrons first because patrons give us that dollar dollar bills, y'all. We keep them up um, there, up as high as we can. John Litz says, can you guys maybe touch on Red Barbarian? There was a name on Bucky's list, Rostov. I searched it and got Andre Rostov, the Red Barbarian, as a result. But I have no idea who the character is. Maybe just an Easter egg, but who knows? And I don't know either. Yeah, we are pretty unfamiliar with this character. We looked him up a little bit. He, like, ran in the comics. He, like, ran a prison or something, right, where was Bucky was held. Gulag that yeah. Bucky was held in for killing two Russian citizens many years back. He's a violent communist general who controlled a vast spy network, and his primary goal was to steal weapon plans from Stark Industries. Yeah, this is just another, like, <laughs> Easter egg that makes me want a Bucky show, like a full-on week-to-week drama where he's, like, going out and solving another thing on his list, you know? Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, he apparently helped someone get in power that's, like, doing crazy stuff in Russia the red barbarian and i want more i want to know all of those stories well i mean that that character could pretty easily play into armor wars though like so this that that could have this you know that through line there we already get roadie who is supposed to be leading the armor war series in this episode so you know it's he's just gonna he's gonna take that information and then he's gonna like go on over to his little home that is the Armor Wars show, and be like, all right, well, how do we use this? And then flourish. Flourish! It makes me want all this stuff to cross over so hard. Like, this show could be, you know, you you talk about shows where they have season one, season two, season three. Something that I think Marvel learned a few years ago is part twos never do as well. I don't know if you you noticed, but after Iron Man, they stopped using uh, the numbers as signifiers. Except for Guardians, they do volume two. Um, But they've they've always done like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil Mm -hmm. War, Thor, the Dark World. They don't use numbers anymore. And it makes me wonder how much like a show like this could be a direct um, precursor to something like Armor Wars next year. 
It, let's mm-hmm. say let's say they put it out in about a year. They've already got a production team together. They could keep kind of the same sort of theme going. The same sort of effects would be used because it's a you know uh, it, it's a similar Earth based show about like heroes that are dealing with similar issues. Like they could keep the same production team, move them to a new show without having to call it you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier Part 2, but it's just like Armor Wars, but it could have a lot of these same characters and a lot of the same settings and stuff in it. I think that's pretty interesting, and I want it all. I want all of it. Yeah. I'm so excited. I just can't say how excited I am about how connected all this stuff seems like it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're finally getting the interconnectivity that we uh, were promised yeah. way back when. We've been talking um, about for Ashley laughed because she remembers me saying that exact word in that exact way <laughs> years ago. That's right. Six, six and a half years we've been saying, like, it's all connected. Interconnectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, interconnectivity. Deep, hot, wet continuity. Whatever you want to say. We've been saying it there all it for years. Yeah. Our first episode. That, that joke about deep, hot, wet continuity comes from our first episode. <laughs> Talk about uh, a through line. Talk about a through line. Uh, so we're yeah. This is just so cool that we're finally actually getting it on the TV shows as well. Yeah. We're getting it on. Like I think the thing that is most important is that we're getting it in a way that the movies also recognize. You know. Yeah. Like having the shows be affected by the movies is fine and all. Like Agents of Shield could do that all day, <laughs> but. Uh, having mm-hmm. the movies be affected by what happens in the shows is something else entirely. Like, and that doesn't happen in 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 media. Like, that's yeah. never happened in. This in is, film. I mean, the the only real connection we have like that is is something like the seventeenth episode of Agents of Shield, turn turn turn, where they did that great crossover. But then we just have never gotten it again, and that's the thing that our podcast is built on. Like that's what we right. we built. We did that season, or like you know, we were we saw how connected and wonderful that was, and we started doing this podcast about it. And then they never really did that again, and now it's like six years in, they're finally like really getting back to it, and I'm. I'm here for it, man. 100% here for it. Erica Lovato says, hi, first time writing in, and I just wanted to say I really love the podcast. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Erica. Uh, While watching the new Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode, I couldn't help but think, didn't Cap Shield get absolutely demolished by Thanos in the final Endgame battle? How do we have this shiny new shield? I mean, maybe somebody fixed it, but who fixed it? Because it definitely was not Tony, R.I.P., or maybe it's from a totally different timeline, and if it is, what could be the possible implications of that? This is part of the multiverse saga, after all, Erica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, what if, like, <laughs> I feel like Erica's implication here is, like, kind of like the stones. Like, if it came from an alternate universe, you know, you remove one, you cause a weird ripple in the timeline. So, like, what right. if old man Steve, like, stole it from a young Steve? You <laughs> 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 He didn't have it when he was going back in time, did he? I can't. Did he? No, no, he didn't have the shield. He no, had, no, yeah. He had Mjolnir, Mjolnir and he had the case. And, the okay. case of stones. The case with all the stones. Oh. And he was going to be returning the stones to their original timelines, but not in their original forms, which kind of is weird for, like, returning the, the Tesseract or the, the Space Stone 
and it not being in the test track, like what this is different. What is this? Yeah, but it, I think um, the idea is if you, if you lose but, one of them completely from a timeline, according to the uh, ancient one, it like messes up the timeline because the flow of time is interrupted, right. and I guess the flow of space is interrupted, and the flow of whatever. Um, right, but it's still yeah. going to be it's still going to be altered. Oh, for because sure. The like the staff is not the staff anymore. It's the Mind Stone. That's what I've been saying for years. Like you still change these timelines. They still yeah the, yeah. the butterfly effect still the, happens. Uh, the cr- outcroppings of the timeline still exist. She talks about clipping them off, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Trimming the branches. How yeah. do you how do you not know what how time travel works, Ancient One? <laughs> I know I I know better than the Ancient One. Come on. <laughs> She's only ever experienced time in a forward fashion. That's why I'm at. Yeah. And she's I, the ancient one. She's just, you know, just because you've ex- existed through a lot of time doesn't mean you know how time travels. That's works. right. That's right. You have to have watched uh, a lot of Back to the Future for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to Erica's question, <laughs> to Erica's question, at the end of Endgame, Steve had this brand new shield that he had given to uh, to Sam, and Sam was like, "It feels like it's somebody else's. It feels like it belongs to somebody else." And that's because it does. It's probably from a different point in a timeline uh, <laughs> that Steve just kind of yoinked. And you know, there's a multiverse, or there's a universe in the multiverse out there that doesn't have this vibranium circular shield. Well, maybe he did it when he was at um, Avengers Tower with Tony, and then Steve and Tony have to have the awkward conversation of, like, Steve's like, I lost it, man. <laughs> and Tony's like, are you serious? And he's like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. Just make another one. And Tony made him another one. <laughs> well, that, and that's the question, like, this this old man Steve knows about Wakanda, and the whole thing that's special about the shield is the vibranium in it. Um, and I, I feel like this old man Steve would have had the ability, to, if he's in another timeline, to go to Wakanda and talk to T'Chaka and be like, Hey, bud, so I know you don't know me yet. <laughs> I'm from the future. Yeah. We're friends. I'm, friends. I'm a friend of your son's. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, from the future, I can tell you some things you that I, there's no way I could know. Uh, can you help me out with a little vibranium? And can you know your tech people turn it into a shield? You know what I mean? You know what? Honestly, like that's that might be the thing because uh, it's never explained how they have the only sample of vibranium in the world in World War Two. Like, yeah. Howard is just like, oh, that's this is a, a very rare thing. This is all we got, but it you know absorbs all vibrations, whatever. Like, it's not explained how they came across that and why the hell it's a frisbee shape. Like, hmm. how did it get there? Oh, so you're well, saying in the original timeline, old man Steve helped connect right. the vibranium, possibly, or, but then then you end end up in a paradox where Steve has to create himself. Well, Our breeze says, what if he just has Howard make him a new one? Well, Howard didn't have the materials for it. Yeah, that's why he would have had to visit. Mm, Someone would have had to go to Wakanda. Yeah. yeah, they they were like, "This is all of the vibranium we have in the world." Right. You know, Ooh. so so that's why I'm saying like, all you need to get Howard to create a new one, or or Tony, or Shuri, or whoever, is for Old Man Cap to go to go to Wakanda and be like, "Hey, how about that shield? Can you make me a new one?" Yeah, let me get a, let me get a little sample. I mean. From what I understand, this shield is slightly different, too, than the old shield, right? Like, there's little, like, uh, etchings near the inner circle that are different than the old shield. 
Not that I know of. It. it I don't know. I've only heard. I've only seen similar. it in breakdowns of other by other YouTubers and stuff that have pointed out that there's these little like um, black etchings around the edge of the center circle as if this shield is going to have some uh, some sort of mechanized capability that the old one did not. Hmm. Oh, maybe they upgraded it or something. Yeah, exactly. I was, could be. And that's the thing. is like I'm talking about T'Chaka, but it could be that in the five-year blip, old man Steve goes to Shuri and has her make a new shield no. that has upgrades. It has it on... An- when he hands the shield to Sam in Endgame, it has the etchings. No, that's what I'm talking about. That shield. Okay. Wasn't that one from... Um... That would be oh, the yeah, new shield. Oh, yeah, that's the new one. Yeah. Because the old one I'm seeing in Civil War doesn't have it. Yeah, that's the etchings that I'm talking about. There's these little black sort of lines. Of course, we know that it can't be the original shield because the original shield was destroyed. So, like, right. it has to be a different shield. Yep. Right, but it could be the original shield in a different timeline. Right, and th- and that could but explain the, the original difference. shield in a different timeline could have had a number of things done to it. Exactly, and, could could be a different shield. Um, that maybe he stole yeah, it from I the mean, timeline that had Th- well, Thanos already removed. So he's like, I mean, eh, you don't really need this shield. We already took care of Thanos for your timeline. <laughs> we took care of the real big bad. So you know, I'll just take the shield. You guys can you can make a new one. Um, <laughs> But though uh, we have a time traveling cap, who's to say he didn't go forward in time to, you know, a, a, a different period and was like, "Hey, uh, Wakanda, you remember me?" Um, hey, Wakanda, Captain America. Hello, hello, <laughs> Shuri. Yeah, everyone else in Wakanda. <laughs> people shakes everyone's hands because that's how that's how Steve is. He would shake it, literally everyone's hand, um, and he's just like, "I would like a new shield, please." Um, you may have. You may recall that one that I that I had was destroyed. Um, I would like this one to be circular, uh, as opposed to the panther gauntlet things that you gave me during Infinity War. That was nice, but I would like the classic frisbee shield back, please. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, of course, Captain America, but can you sign an autograph real quick? Mm-hmm. He just signed an autograph for like, a brain. Of yeah. course. Yeah. It does look like they've always had those diamondy etchings, but now they're just outlined in black. Okay. So get a paint job. Goog. Could have gotten a could have just gotten a paint job. It looks a little different, is all um mm-hmm. is, is what's been pointed out a lot online, but I don't know what the, what if it means anything or if it's just the fact that it's a slightly different shape. Well, when I first looked at the picture, it looks like the same kind of hexagons like the damn mindstone or whatever that you know, like that. The older ones look more like a tr- like a diamond shape, where those ones have like that, like Wanda's magic box. It has that the symbol on it, and like on the front of her costume. Wanda's magic like box, same- you say? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Dirty bird. Um- <laughs> Dirty bird. Um, but yeah, it's weird how they do look just like the the symbol, of the time stone that was that we've seen so much in WandaVision. Oh yeah, interesting. You mean the Mind Stone? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Rhyme. <laughs> the Rhyme Stone. Okay, let's get let's that. get to some more feedbacks because we are going okay, okay. rather we're, slowly. We're dwelling on this real long time. Mm-hmm. Corey Small sent us an email says, Well, 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 which of these two best friends of Steve Rogers is going to be able to do this all day? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have a pure blinds, blind shot in the dark theory about... What we might see in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What? As much as we like the return of Baron Zemo, 
I don't think he's going to be as front and center as we would like. He's going to operate in the shadows again. Two, the big bad will either be the head of whatever organization these masked super people are, or John Walker, a.k.a. the new Captain America. Three, Zemo might be the puppet master behind the John Walker Captain America, making another destroy them from the inside by killing each other ploy. Four, if Zemo does happen to be the big bad of the series, I think the masked people are test subjects of a makeshift super soldier serum made by Zemo himself to take down superheroes. Ironic. But it won't be a permanent set of powers, but almost like a limitless type pill that gives temporary powers. Hmm. Five, these masked individuals will be the problems, quote-unquote, that the new Cap will have to deal with, giving the public false hope of a new Captain America. Bucky and Sam inadvertently interfere. Uh, six, going off number four, Zemo will get fed up with failing that he takes his temporary super pill himself to fight Sam and Bucky, ultimately killing himself in the process. Seven, Mephisto, why not? Just kidding. Love the podcast, guys and gals. Super popular, the next greatest thing from the Marvel machine. Good grief, if I love you 3000, I must be persevering. Whoa. Get it? Get it? Good grief, if I love grief, you 3000. If I love you 3000, I, like I, I like must it. be persevering. I like Get it. Off. Thank you, Corey. Those are all good theories. I don't know uh, any, like, I just put it all put on, the on the board. Put it all on the board. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Zemo could be behind everything. I don't know. Maybe I, he's like smart, and maybe he's behind everything. But I think he's going to be like more of a taking the situation and running with it kind of character in this season. Because I have a feeling he's going to be coming directly from uh, being in jail. But I may be wrong. Maybe he's been out for five years. Who knows? Maybe the the blip freed him somehow. Oh man, the the blip happened, and he just kind of like looks around. Strolls out of his prison cell because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know his guards happened. are gone. Yeah. Oh man, and he could just walk the hell out. That would be awful. That'd be awful. Mm-hmm. Awfully awesome. Oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jordan Newman's in his uh, an email. Hey y'all, just a super nerd from DFW. Hey DFW, that's where I'm right now. I'm in Dallas. Where Matt is. Currently, let's hang, Jordan. Uh, I, I love the show. I listen at work, and y'all are a great way to start the day. I cannot begin to tell you how much the MCU means to me, Cap in particular, but that's a long story for another email. Today, my inner musician wanted to theorize with you. First try I'm writing in, so a bit long, so bear with me. It's worth it. Y'all brought up the music of Marvel and how much of it is sadly forgettable, but it's surprisingly not due to poor quality. Most of the music in the MCU is pretty great, yet no one can remember most of the melodies. How could this be? One reason is likely underuse. The MCU has a bad habit of not carrying musical themes from one movie to the next, so when the theme only appears in one movie, it fades into obscurity. But far more importantly, marketing. Think of any prominent movie theme. Just pick one off the top of your head. You got it? I can almost guarantee whatever melody you're thinking of appears in the trailer for the movie. Marvel almost never does this. They usually use seemingly random pop or rock songs, never the orchestral themes of the movie. The notable exceptions are Infinity War and Endgame. 
it's no coincidence that the Avengers theme is the most memorable. To prove of this concept, one song comes straight to mind when you think of Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's not the orchestral score, it's Hooked on a Feeling. It's not even the song that appears over the opening credits, just a song that appears briefly about half an hour into the film. Why? Marketing. Hooked on a Feeling appeared in almost every trailer for both movies. The trailers are the real reason the MCU music is hard for most people to remember. I just wanted to share that little musical conspiracy theory with you. I've got a lot more to write in later on. Love what you do. Love you 3000. I should probably get back to work. <laughs> uh, Jordan, this is a good theory. And I think it's probably true. Because I, like, I never think that the Marvel stuff is bad. But I do find it somewhat forgettable. Um, you know, people that go and listen to the scores don't. They, under- they all remember it, obviously. They listen to it all the time. But like... Yep. Or people that have seen the movies over and over to the point I, I'm not really a huge rewatcher, but I but I very rarely know the scores. Like, what is Captain America's theme? I, I couldn't tell you right now. Um, anybody? No. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> what but, you got, Ashley? Tell us. I shit, and I just watched Iron Man, so it's really messing with my head. Caps is ba 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 ba. Shit. That's probably it. It's probably it perfectly. Uh, but no, what Jordan says here is is true. Yeah, that thing. Oh yeah, you're right. This is a little bit like that too, though. Anyway, well, it's because Alan Silvestri did the music for the first Avenger before coming over to Avengers. Right. 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 Well, anyway, point taken, Jordan. I think that like. They don't use it in the marketing much. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if they're, like, they're still adding the score late or something. But like you don't get these scores generally every week on your TV screen. Uh, with the exception of in-game. I feel like that in-game score was like constantly... Like every time that uh, in-game you know, thing. Um, anyway... It's a good point. And it's it's basically all pop songs. Like the reason we like a lot of the pop songs we like are because they're played constantly on the radio and they're played everywhere we go and sometimes we our brains just like repetition. <laughs> like they get to yeah. where we're like, Oh, that's a good memorable song and it's like, No, you've just heard it fifteen times now. Yeah. No, it's it's very memorable. <laughs> I like when uh in in Gardens of the Galaxy they did a a, a fun twist on the first theme in the second movie. When they did the song Guardians Inferno, they took the theme from the first movie, uh, the orchestral theme, and translated that into this like weird 70s disco type thing. And it was a ton of fun. And I remember pointing it out when we had a, uh, um, uh, like a roundtable discussion on somebody else's podcast way back when. And I got called a nerd for pointing it out because I was like, you know, you you hear the the score in there, like it's the theme from the first one, and they were like, "Oh my god, you nerd!" I'm like, "But that's we're here to nerd out about this." <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't nerd shame on a nerd podcast. What are you doing? Right? I always remember Ultron, the, uh, Age of Ultron one too, because Danny Elfman killed it in that opening when it's like, bah, 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 and it's all intense and scary. You're like, "Whoa, what are we about to watch?" <laughs> yep. yep. Danny Elfman's a, a a really good composer as well. I'm a, I'm a fan. Boingo, boingo, his band. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next email is from Jeffrey James, and it's a great one. <laughs> he says, Batman versus Bane, 
funniest fucking thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey James. Jeffrey James is one of our patrons. Oh, no, we, we dropped that in the main feed now. Yeah, that was in the main feed a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. Hope y'all enjoyed that Batman. We got some feedback that it was awful and we should never do comedy or improv, which I was like, Where was that? I don't. didn't see it. <laughs> I think it was a review on iTunes or something. Maybe not. I think it was. Oh, wait. Did you put that on Avengers or, or on Pandavision or is it on No, MCU? it was on the MCU cast. Ah. I thought it was on. Anyway, we did get one negative piece of feedback, but like, whatever. It, it, it's, we just were having a good time. Thank um, you, James, for your opinion. <laughs> but thank you jeffrey that's very kind it was our first attempt at any kind of improvisation no comedy and like extreme silliness yeah we we really stick to just like conversations on here and so that was fun to just like experiment with a new format mm-hmm. yep yep uh glenn kessler sent us an email uh hey guys and ashley hey loving the early fatwas talk fatwas I'm making a pledge to not go crazy with my theories on this next show, but just take it as it comes. We'll see how long that lasts. Okay, <laughs> then. Here's my comment, which is neither about WandaVision nor Fatwas. I don't know if you guys remember a compilation of animated shorts that accompanied the Matrix trilogy movies. It was called The Animatrix, and it was incredible. Short movies that each took a deep dive into aspects of the Matrix mythology. Some served as origin stories for lesser-known characters, some filled in gaps in the narrative, uh, and some just played with the physics of that world, taking it in totally new directions. Each one had its own visual style. They worked very well with the story being conveyed. I'd love if there was something like this for the MCU. And no, it doesn't sound like What If will necessarily satisfy that. Uh, That seems to be about changing something in the MCU and seeing what would happen. That's cool and all, but what I'd really love to see are stories like this. How did a primitive planet with no connection to outer space interpret the snap and blip? I can just imagine a a planet with no idea what's happened and why having to create a whole religion around why half of their planet's inhabitants just disappeared. Mm, That's beautiful. And then what happens when they all come back? Of course, give me a short series about Cap returning each of the stones. And... (laughs) I'd also love an origin story for Rocket and Nebula and gap stories for Captain Marvel, Maria Rambo, Monica Rambo. Perhaps we're getting that one in Captain Marvel too. I just think there's so much fun to be had with these types of universe expanding stories and wonderful potential to explore social, psychological, and personal reasons for them. Thanks for reading my long letter. And as always, thank you for creating a fun and informative sandbox for us all to play in. Hey, thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. I thank love you, Glenn. this. I love this idea. What do y'all think? I I didn't see the Animatrix, but I heard great things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like honestly, like anything that expands the world and gives us more content, yes, I want it. Yeah, you know, let's expand the universe mm-hmm. more and more uh, until yeah. we can't stand it anymore and we explode, and <laughs> it's going to be great. I've always said I really want to know what Nat, Sam, and Cap were up to. Like, I want that story. Where were they? Yeah. What were y'all doing? Oh, I just thought of the Cap theme. It's like, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> but it's more trumpety, you know, like American, like. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> anyway. Okay. It just came to me. More trumpety American. <laughs> Sorry. More trumpety. More trumpet. <laughs> Bringing you on the screen here, Ash. What what feedback? What live feedback do you have? Okay, 
SparkSam85 says, hopefully, since War Machine is supposed to return in the series, hopefully we get a hint of Armor Wars at the end. I wonder if there is any chance we get Norman Osborn introduced. Ooh. Norman Osborn in Armor Wars sounds really fun. That would be a great one, especially with his run as Iron Patriot in the comics. Um, And especially that being a real... Real heavy theme in Dark Avengers. Oh my god, give me Dark Avengers. I want it so bad. The problem is this Sony and Marvel tenuous relationship right Mm -hmm. now, like they've only really made a big deal for the Spider-Man characters. And we if Mm -hmm. we want Norman and uh, I want I want J. Jonah Jameson in every Marvel movie now. Like I want him in yeah. these shows discussing the politics of the situation. Like I, I need that J. Jonah Jameson in here, and like yeah, we're not getting it because of their deal is so uh, restrictive. Jerks, jerks. Let it go. Let Why it can't go. You all just be rich. Let's all be rich. <laughs> right. You know? I don't know about let's. Uh, they all be rich, I guess. I don't know. Well, I'm talking as if I'm a pretend board member. Okay. Oh, yeah, I would just bring sense. it to them. Like, who doesn't want to be stinking filthy rich? Let's just join together. Totally. <laughs> totally. But yeah, that's a great, it's a great call. Thank you. All right. Well, awesome. I like that. I like that idea a lot. Uh, let's head to a commercial break where we have no control over. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back. And we're back. We're back. All right. Uh, let's dive right into this is feedback. Stephen Lyles on Gmail says, hey. Hey. I've, I, I found the show recently and have loved listening to the weekly breakdown of WandaVision. I know that Mephisto has come up a lot and didn't make it into the show, but I have a very good reason to believe he will show up in Multiverse of Madness. I'm mm. interested, Stephen. Me let's talk too. more. <laughs> You've piqued my interest. <laughs> the mobile game called marvel future fight typically has updated characters that fall in line with new movies shows and comic arcs that marvel puts out they seem to get information pretty far in advance to release their updates and don't change release dates even if movies do they released a black widow update with david harbour looking like red guardian or a red red guardian looking like david harbour early last year they intentionally tried to delay some things if there are major spoilers the spider-man far from home update had a Hydra Man and Lava Monster playable character. Anyways, today they released an update that included Mephisto as a world boss. Others in this category include Thanos and his children, Apocalypse, and Scarlet Witch. This is significant because this was originally supposed to be the weekend that Multiverse of Madness released. I think they left him in the update to help introduce more people to his name slash character without giving too much away. Sorry for the long email. Love the show. Can't wait to hear more theories about Fatwas, Loki, etc. this year. Steven from Nashville. Steven. All aboard. Choo-choo. I love it. Really good good reason to believe that um, Mephisto might appear in Multiverse of Madness, right? Mephisto's back on the menu, boys. (laughs) (laughs) We already felt like it was still a possibility, but this is a pretty solid intel from the world of Marvel Future Fight. This is good meatiness. Mm -hmm. Good meatiness. I like it. Absolutely. And and I want more like it. Uh, (laughs) Jonathan Holland said in an email, Hey, everyone. First time correspondents. Love what y'all do. Some essential homework for Tafatwas. <laughs> okay. Whenever Jeff does that, he means the Falcon and Winter Soldier, by the way. Like, I, it's, it's hard. I don't, I don't think that's coming across in audio. 
It's the does. falcon and the winter ass. Fatwas. <laughs> All right. Fatwas. Fatwas. I like it. Listen to the last two episodes of the 1619 podcast for an in-depth discussion of the sadly very real and very current topic of agri- agricultural loan denials of African-American families. Seems Marvel is taking direct aim at this issue with Sam Subplot. Thanks and keep up the good work. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've heard of the 1619 uh, pro- podcast. I've not listened. Um, cool. I shun podcasts that aren't ours about Marvel, so... <laughs> oh, no. 1619 is not about Marvel. It's about... Um, oh. uh, it's about racism, basically, uh, I believe. Ah. And it's, uh, that, one's, that one's about... Um, they were saying it, so obviously the, not Marvel related. The, okay. Yeah, yeah. Marvel has nothing to do with civil rights. It sounded rights like a universe ever. numbers. <laughs> oh, six one six. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah that, so uh, cool. Thank you for that uh, recommendation. Yeah, Neil Gaiman wrote sixteen oh two, so that's close. Mm. I love that sixteen oh two book. This shit was good. Oh yeah. Anyway, I um, I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, Jeff is other than a hilarious. I roped I roped Jeff into this whole podcast life. He has no he has no idea what's out there. <laughs> yeah, like thanks for that. I probably won't listen to it, but I know where to turn for more information if I seek it. I am yeah. super upset at my podcast app. So let me take this uh, uh, take this, platform take this time. to. To, to say so because I think uh, people out there will understand. I've been a podcast listener and a Stitcher user for like, eight, I don't know, 10 years now. Whenever, like, I've been, Stitcher has been my main podcast app because it was cross platform. I got it when I was on Apple, then it moved with me to Android, moved back to Apple. Like, everything has always been Stitcher. And I have a profile on there. And, like, they changed their interface this week. And I've completely, like, lost a bunch of my uh, ways that I commonly listened. Like, they oh. took away my playlists that I have curated for 10 years. So I had, like, playlists with 20, 30, 40 podcasts on them that were like, oh, these are my favorite shows. These are my ones about this. These are my ones about this. And some of them are still there, but they don't show up the same way. And I can't tell which ones are new and which ones are old and which ones are downloaded. And, like, the whole thing is <laughs> totally changed. And I am so upset about it. That is the end of my story. I don't know if anybody That's else out there follows uses stitcher but i'm super mad at them right now after being like a power user for years i'm just like i have no idea how to use this app right now (laughs) and i've lost my main playlist that i use is gone so basically it's like stitcher get your shit together yeah i'm mad at you stitcher (laughs) please don't shadow ban our podcast very important voice <laughs> that you need to sate. That's right. I mean, I, I literally like I've literally turned people onto it over the years. One of my favorite things about Stitcher was also, and I haven't been able to find this feature in the new in the new update, is they keep up with how many hours of podcasts you've listened to. So I can go in there and be like, how many hours of podcasts? It's like, you've listened to like 18 weeks worth of podcasts on this app. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> It's it's pretty insane how many hours I had ranked up, and like I can't find that feature anymore, even, and I'm very upset about it. <laughs> yeah, it's Man, like World of Warcraft had a similar feature where you could do like see like slash played to see how much time you have played the game. Yes, uh, when it got to the point where I had played for like an entire full year's worth of time, I was like, maybe I need to step away. <laughs> <laughs> One of my buddies did that with, I think, the game EverQuest. He really liked the game oh, EverQuest. Yeah. And he would he would keep up with his time. And he had, like, the game came out, and then he checked it, like, two months later, and he had paid, like, an average of 16 hours a day or something in absolutely insane. 
No, thank you. I was like, whoa. He's like, I'll practice guitar while I'm doing it, though. And I'm like, still, man. (laughs) Calm down, buddy. (laughs) Marshall Naylor sent us an email. Hey, guys, I'm just here to say that I enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Marshall, why do you have more words here if that's all you came here to say? (laughs) I feel like there's a button there. (laughs) Yeah. It was really fun and powerful. I like that my friends had different interpretations on if Bucky actually killed the other guy's son or if it was just another byproduct of his winter soldiering messing with his memory. Hmm. Having Henry Jackman back to do the score was a really strong choice because his Cap 2 and 3 score is amazing, especially the Winter Soldier theme, which appears in this episode. The racial and political tensions with the bank scene was really well done. Thanks, guys, and Excelsior, Marshall. Hey, fun fact, I don't have an unpopular opinion in email, so here's one. After watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it is very funny and silly, but so very, very pretentious. Anything Drax says is not funny at all, but oh my god, Yandu's death is so sad. I'll shut up now. I was a little confused by this. It is very funny and silly, but so very, very pretentious. Anything Drax says is not funny at all? What do you mean? Drax is so funny in that movie. Right? Uh, yeah. I'm I mean, confused. I guess to each their own. If he doesn't sure, think it's funny. Sure. Absolutely. Personal I don't know what to tell him, though. Yeah. I almost feel like maybe he forgot a, a like like a, a knot or something in there. Because um, <laughs> I think he's so funny in that movie. Uh, in all the movies. Everything he's in is so funny. Yeah. But every, his, all his interactions with Mantis, like, they're so good. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, in Guardians 2, I felt like Drax was a bit of a different... Uh, a different character. Um, I think in Guardians 1, the the humor of Drax was that his people are completely literal. So, like, you know, when metaphors are just going to go over his head was said, and he's like, nothing goes over my head. My (laughs) reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. Yeah. Like, it's funny because he takes it literally, but, like, the fact that he's just like, you know, you must be so embarrassed! Like, it's, it's like Stifler, how in it's, the American Pies, he just got a little bit more ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a little different in a in a in a direction, and I'm not sure that I'm on board with that direction. Hmm. And it seems that Marshall's not either, unless Marshall forgot it. a word. Yeah, no, that's cool. Thank you, Marshall, for that feedback. Mm. <laughs> and yes, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is great. You're right to think that it's so great. And yeah, Andre Sparks sent us a message on Facebook. Hey, hey, I don't know if you guys are going to bring it up, but they said She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Armor Wars, and Secret Invasion are filming soon, like next month. So I thought about Matt's comment about Westview residents coming back. What if they came back in She-Hulk? Feige said anyone could appear. Boom. Let me know what you think, Andre. I love it. I love it. What if they do like set up, set up a special court, you know, like what, what if that's what She-Hulk is about? There's like a special oh, court. The glass mm-hmm. action suit against Wanda. Right. Everybody has to jump in on it. Like, have you been hurt by Wanda Maximoff <laughs> in the past? Were you was, a member of the. <laughs> was your reality tampered with by the Scarlet Witch? Yeah. Were, were your you children kept in a bed? <laughs> were you one of the Westview 3,892? <laughs> were you. Were you or a family affected by, or a family member affected by Wanda Maximoff? Uh, did your child starve to death while not being able to leave their room? Were you not in Westview, but you forgot your family member existed for a solid ten weeks? Call us now. 
Oh, wow. Yep. You are owed money for your trauma. Yep. yep. Yeah. Exactly that. Emily Sizzle on Twitter said, Hello, friends. So you touched on the racial component a little bit with Fatwas. And uh, my partner had a lot to mention about it. He is a black man, and seeing all of Sam's interactions with his family and the other black men in the community really hit home for him. Even just the dialogue between them, the cooking of soul food, all of it helped him feel represented and really shows the care that the writers took in this show. I also preferred the Bucky scenes myself as I act similarly in therapy, uh, but, but it made me appreciate the Falcon scenes so much more. I know they mentioned that they will be tackling some race issues in the show, so I'm looking forward to how they handle it. The writers have done a great job so far with those scenes. I, I'm really glad that somebody felt representation where they had not felt it before. Absolutely. From this sort of thing. Like, and honestly, we haven't seen you know, the, the down-home Cajun guys that are just walking around on the, on the dock shooting the shit at each other, unless we're talking about Luke Cage. You know, we had... You know the old guys playing dominoes in the uh, in the cafes, just like talking all kinds of shit about everybody around them, and like it was so great to see those fun interactions that flesh out the world because that's part right. of the world, you know. And not and, and it's, like, it's not tokenism. It's not like there's one black character. They actually have Falcon existing in a culture that he's from, uh, right. similar to what they did with Luke Cage. But even with this, that that this is not. Not to uh, in any way impugn Luke Cage. I love Luke Cage, but this is not a this is not a exclusively sort of black show. And I feel like Luke right. Cage was very much like the good guys, the bad guys. Everyone in this is going to be sort of everyone in it is black, and they're going to be exist in that culture. This is an African American show all about this African American culture. This is not that show. This is. Falcon, who is who has been who is stepping up as the new Captain America, and you've got Bucky, and you've got you're going to have uh, Sharon Carter, and all these different characters that are all existing together. But you've got real representation for a, for a culture, uh, the New Orleans culture there, and I absolutely love that too. Yep, I love that Carlos, uh, the old man Carlos, is just like, "Hey man, where are you going to let me borrow them wings?" I'm like, "That's <laughs> absolutely some something that uh, some old guy like that walking by on the street would say to him." Like, I love that character. I love, I love the representation of that that culture. Yes, the the, the I love that character, Carlos. I want him to be my grandfather. Right. <laughs> I would loan him fifty bucks. It's just nice to see uh, representation in just a totally different way. And also, something we didn't really mention before that we that I caught the, on this watch was like the charity that's being done by uh, well the Wilson family. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't mention it, but they, they, it shows them taking meals to the hungry. Um, and, and they, they talked about how like much of a legend their father was. And I'm assuming this whole thing was part of that. Like, uh, they, had, they also talk about how they want to be able to, uh, do get a kitchen together to be able to take more meals, uh, to the hungry. And like, they're clearly trying to not only set up, um, like a good business that can survive, but also trying to work hard to give to their community where it's needed, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I remember there was super one, cool. one specific thing where like, um, Sarah pointed like that goes to the soup kitchen. And it was like just a, and a sideline where we were like, you know, where's the hero coming in where the hero is driving up from somewhere. Right. Like, where is he? And like, it was one of those, it's kind of, yeah, it was th- thrown off to the side. side. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that throw it out there kind of lines to like, 
again, just to flesh out the world and, and uh, show a little more depth for these characters. But like, these are, you know, these are good people giving back to their community. Lauren Waters said, hey, everyone, it's good to be back. And what a great start to a new show. I love the pilot and can't wait to see where the show goes. I will say where WandaVision felt like a season of a show thus far, Fatwas feels like a six hour movie being split up. Neither are bad, but they are different. I'm also going to push back a little on the idea the first episode in The Banker didn't demonstrate racism. The Wilsons did have the financial means to receive a loan, however, in the post-blip, they said banks were becoming more strict on who they loaned to. I think the banker dismissing the Wilsons out of hand speaks to the more subtle ways that racism can manifest. As Sarah said when the banker tried to dismiss their denial as just things tightening up, um, things always seem to be tightening around people like us. I actually appreciated the way the show highlighted the nuances of systemic racism rather than go straight for the obvious and overt. However, this is just my take, and I totally see your point. Have an awesome week, Lauren. P.S. Can we talk about Tony not paying the Avengers? <laughs> WTF, man, you're a billionaire. The cost of one of those Quinjets could have covered the team's salary for years. I get not paying them after they like went on the run with Cap or whatever, but him not paying them when they were official team members is ridiculous. Hashtag unionize the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Uh, yeah, I love it. And this is a great point about the, 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 the way that racism was handled. And this is some of what we got from the other side in our one star reviews was just like, you guys are just kind of missing the point. You like, you missed the point of some of the stuff in there. And like, it's true. I straight up did. Um, I did not take some of these things the way that people, other it caught other people's ears differently. All I can say is that I do, <laughs> I believe it's happening. Unlike some of our one-star reviews this week, I believe there is racism. <laughs> <laughs> it does exist. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate yours, Lauren, um, and that, that you see that as very much systemic racism in that scene. There were a couple of, uh, a couple of messages that I got that were like, I was listening to the podcast and... <laughs> Like when Matt said what he did, I immediately started opening a message uh, window to say something to you guys. But then you jumped in and said what you said, and I, th- I like I was able to close my message. So thank you. I was like, ah, okay, uh, sure. I don't know what I said. Yeah, that was good. I don't okay. know what we said. I think you may have clarified my point because I think maybe that my, uh, I think maybe when I first started talking about it, my initial reaction was like, I don't like where they're going with the racial stuff on the show because I didn't think they were going far enough. But it came off as right. if I was saying, like, uh, lay off the racial stuff. Like, I kind of feel like you either you either go all the way or you don't at all. But once I heard from a lot of other listeners and especially uh, like listeners of color who caught things that I didn't, I didn't catch. um, And some of that is the, in the feedback here. uh, I really felt uh, like uh, this show actually handled it better than I realized. And it actually like did cover more than I even, I just, I was being thick. I was being, uh, you know, I was not catching the racial overtones that they were putting down. I remember there were several times where you were like, he wasn't being racist. He was just following the rules. And I'm like, oh, that's right, the right. problem. Uh, right, right, right. Well, okay. my point was, my point was I would have liked if it had been a little more clear that there was a decision being made because of racism. But like, the point is there is the system, systemic problem 
and yeah. Yeah. and I and I fully get that, but it's hard because it's like it's it's a hard problem, and this is this is this is the real issue that I that I, that I'm having in analyzing the show and whether it's taking the proper tact or not, right? And I'm not one to judge whether it is. We'll see by the end, but like if you go too soft on the racism, you let every person that wants to ignore racism ignore it, right? Because it never, it's never directly addressed. I talked to friends this week about the show that said, oh yeah, there's absolutely nothing racist about that scene at all. And I'm like, well, there was this and the, you know, like things that I hadn't noticed, you know? Um, but if you go too hard at it, then you give certain people an out because they can say, well, I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like, how do you walk that line where you're actually trying to address the problem without going so hard that you give people sort of a mirror to hold themselves up to to go, I'm not as racist as that guy? Because the thing, if the banker had just been like, oh, no, we can't because you're from this neighborhood or so, you know, some like something that was a little more direct about, you know, their their place in that city or whatever, um, then like... I think that's exactly why they did it that way. Because right. this is more of what the, you know, the whole, just coming out the gate with the LSU uh, comment right away, yes. you're like, damn. See, and I didn't even catch that as racism. This is undertoned racism, and this is what people are dealing with daily on a more realistic tone mm-hmm. than what you see sometimes over-exaggerated to show what a scene needs it to be this was very realistic i feel like yeah there's there's nuance in all things and i feel like this was a lot closer to a mirror of actual life and the fact that you and other people didn't see it as immediately racist matt is probably part of the uh the thing that they're trying to shine a light on is that it doesn't look like overt racism it doesn't look like you know a guy with a white hood on behind the banker desk being like can't give no loans to you kinds of people. Like it's not that it's the system is built against certain people. Right. And you know, there, I don't, I can't say that Marvel is absolutely going to tackle it um, because it's a big complex problem. And like, this is a show about a guy with a wingsuit and right. uh, a, a former Russian soldier kind See, of, or a and I guess former that's, soldier for Russian people. That's what like, I was getting at. Is I'm I'm worried that like it's just going to sprinkle these references in that the sort of like woke crowd will like hear and go good job you made a reference and then they won't actually try to address it in, in any other real way. But like right. I also understand if they go too far to be to being preachy, it'll either be turned off as preachy or it'll be uh, allow people to, to see them not see themselves in the problem. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think, I think with the sister kind of flat out also being like, you know, you mean it's you know harder oh, yeah. for people like us. I mean, they weren't being subtle. Well, see, here's the thing though, because they were so subtle with the banker, someone who wants to make apologies for the banker and for the system would go, well, she's just over the line. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel that way, but like. I can absolutely see someone like, that guy's just doing his job. Why are you harassing him and calling him racist? You know, or like calling him part of this racist system when, when he's, you know what I mean? Like, it's it sort of like, yeah. it's really hard to like make, the, it's, it's hard to have these conversations. And that's the 
fucking problem. Like, like we said, we tried to have a little bit of a conversation last week and we got one star reviews from people on both sides and we're just like, well, whatever. We don't know how to, <laughs> and we yeah, we're fully definitely admit, getting more. Oh, for sure. We're going to get some one stars this week for sure. Yeah. Steven Bramowitz says, guys, good Lord. I hope they don't make the show about black people, not able to get bank loans. If they do, it'll play more into Disney politics and less about Marvel comic book canon come to life. We get enough politics and sports TV and big business, so I respectfully disagree. We need this subject matter, especially in wake of the news of Captain America Jr. is gay. Obviously, their market research teams think we do need more modern politics, but I'll be sad going forward since the MCU has been so universal so far. Here's hoping the Flag Smashers aren't KKK-esque, but more Logan Reavers-like. Overall, really happy for content. So, I, a couple things. Uh, the new Captain, young Captain America being gay, like it's very unrelated, uh, but but clearly kind of puts puts um, throw, uh, Steve throwing down his gauntlet there, where he where he where he stands on all this stuff. Steve's main <laughs> point, though, is that. Uh, they sh- uh, he says, I hope they don't make the show about black people not able to get a bank loan. Unfortunately for you, Steve, they did. Like, that's what's on yeah. the show. <laughs> like, so. I don't have a lot to say here. It's like, like about. It. it is about that. Like, that is what one of the things that the show is about. And I don't know where they're exactly going to go with it, but that is what the show is about. And, like, the idea that you're not going to have politics or, like, especially civil rights issues in your Marvel content is. Uh, just not happening like it's going to be that way there's going to be some some civil rights issues in marvel comics because they always have been so there's a stan's soapbox uh that was posted in or not posted but like published in a marvel comic it says from time to time we receive letters from readers who wonder why there's so much moralizing in our mags they take great pains to point out that comics are supposed to be escapist reading and nothing more but somehow i can't see it that way it seems to me that a story without a message, however subliminal... This is subliminal, Stan Lee speaking, by the way. Stan Lee, yep. With a, however subliminal, is like a man without a soul. In fact, even the most escapist literature of all, old-time fairy tales and heroic legends, contained moral and philosophical points of view. At every college campus where I may speak, there's as much discussion of war and peace, civil rights, and the so-called youth rebellion as there is of our our Marvel mags, per se. None of us lives in a vacuum. None of us is untouched by the everyday events about us. Events which shape our stories just as they shape our lives. Sure, our tales can be called escapist, but just because something's for fun doesn't mean we have to blanket our brains while we read it. Excelsior, Stanley. Yeah, yeah. That, that's there it re- is. honestly that's all we had to read. <laughs> like we yeah. we're trying to respond to these things a, a, a thing by thing, but like that's that's it. The the story is going to include some stuff, and like it's mostly civil rights. And you guys, if if you if you read the idea that people are talking about inequity and civil rights as politically against your side, maybe you should reconsider the side you're choosing like, and it almost so, feels like the shows do like giving us a little bit of like stages like easing it into us because we're obviously going to have a moment where the talk about having a black captain america is going to come up and i feel like they're setting us up for part of the plot being people not wanting that 
Yeah. I think yeah. they are. And well, see, that's what we thought before we started this this watch of this show. And I don't know now. I'm really curious if they're going to go there or if all of the racial stuff is going to just sort of be the more subtle systemic stuff that is that is very real, but like or if they're going to attack, attack it directly. Uh, there's also, of course, as we discussed, the plot line of the original original super soldier, uh, the black character from comics. Uh, th- there's been some speculation that he will appear. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious to see if that happens. With all this stuff with the super soldiers, and there's like something going on with super soldier serum. Did you guys catch the power broker stuff? Have you guys seen any of this? There's yeah. a character in comics called Power Broker, and and yeah, I guess he's someone who like literally helps decide which characters get powers and which don't and stuff. Like he helps them achieve powers if they need them or something like that. Um, he's a villain, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But Power Broker, like it's written in like one of the in one of the uh, credit sequences. In one of the credit sequences, it's like the Power Broker is watching is written in one oh, of the credit yeah, all sequences. Those little- those little like uh, sentence things. There's tons of weird yeah. Easter eggs at the end, and like if that, it seems weird to put the power brokers watching if that's not going to tie into the show, um, right? Especially when you've got these characters that are all getting powers. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I just I just read the first sentence of this wiki page that mentions that Dr. Carl Mollis uh, was a mad scientist who experimented on uh, various superhuman individuals, went to work for the Power Broker Corporation. Um, that guy, that that character, Carl Mollis, is the guy that experimented on Joaquin uh, uh, Torres, the guy that eventually becomes the new Falcon right. whenever Sam takes over the role of uh, Captain America. That's right, yeah. So, so if they're going with Torres becoming the new Falcon, then the power broker makes a lot of sense to be in there. It mm-hmm. does, it does, it it. It tracks a lot. It's on the board already. And Power broker confirmed. Power broker nice. confirmed. All right. This is me checking in one more time to let you know that this thing that's about to happen is the final email I warned you about. So this is where we get a little more political than just civil rights in that I discuss actual political parties and affiliations and those thoughts because they're brought up So by, a, by an emailer. So, uh, you know. Hope, hopefully, if you don't want to hear that kind of content, you just peace out. Hopefully none of you uh, feel too offended by the fact that we are talking about this on this platform. I feel passionately enough about this stuff that I didn't think it was right to just delete it and leave it out. Because I, I do feel passionately. So, uh, enjoy if you want to. Peace. Okay, we have one last uh, political email that we'll yeah, get into it's and a long one too. it's a long one uh i don't know wait should we read it what do you yeah yeah oh, no all right yeah we, all right let's do we it we need to represent both sides and you know we're not respond to them we need to we need to show that we're not shunning people for their viewpoints even if we don't agree with them right we really joshua mason let, let me say this too before we I was super conservative for a very long time, and I disagree with the direction things are going right now, um, mostly because of this stuff, the civil rights stuff. Um, but, like, 
I love you guys. If you completely disagree with us and you hating us right now for what we're saying, feel free to email and Ashley will turn it over to me to talk to. And I will happily have a discussion <laughs> with you about, right. about how you, you feel. Don't want to have it with me. And I, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time I find that people actually, uh, have misconceptions about what the other side thinks most of, and right now I feel like that's, that's going on a lot. People think that like, people think that all this civil rights stuff is this Trojan horse for like economic systems. They don't agree with, and it's just not true. There are people in fucking pain in this world who need help and are having, you know, their lives taken away from them. And like, there's, <laughs> Well, we'll read this. Well, let's read this email and we'll discuss. <laughs> All right. Joshua Mason says, hey, crew, longtime listener, or at least I've been with you guys since 2017. So it feels like I've earned that title. First yeah. off, I just want to say I absolutely love this first episode after WandaVision and with huge projects on the horizon, including Loki, including Loki. The show easily became the least anticipated project we had footage for because it's not as grand quote-unquote in terms of magic and space that said they chose the perfect route for this show what is the fallout of everyone blipping back in terms of governments and society such a fascinating area of the universe to look at and so far it looks like these flag smashers uh, will be our first villains in the mcu whose villainous motivations grew out of the blip uh, similar to how Zemo was the first MCU villain to grow out of an Avengers disaster slash conflict. I was a bit disappointed by some of your commentary and your initial reaction to the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, specifically about the banking scene with Sam and his sister. I thought the scene was great precisely because it wasn't directly racial, or at least it seemed hidden. Not because I want to bury my head in the sand and ignore it, but because it very much mirrors real life. Let's say the banker denied them because they were black. He wouldn't make that obvious. He would use new rules, quote-unquote, and other loopholes to make that known. It's like Sam's sister said, funny how things always tighten up when it comes to us. It was a very good portrayal of how the systemic racism narrative might look in real life, while also providing a decent avenue for discussion. Was it racial? Still, I won't deny the racial issue about how their dad was a giant in the community, yet this bank in their community has no idea. The only, they only knew them because of Falcon's rep as an Avenger, not as Mr. Wilson's kids. But the part that disappointed me was when you guys said half the country just wants to bury their head in the sand, and it goes without saying you were implying the right-leaning half, i.e. conservatives. This is far too simplistic and not true, and it feels to me like the product of not talking with enough people who disagree with you politically, but instead getting your vision of how they think and feel from late-night talk show hosts or very stereotypical satirical portrayals. Plus, Marvel isn't shy when it comes to political undertones, especially racial ones. Black Panther received rave reviews, even from the quote-unquote right-leaning people, and it was probably the most political of all canon content because it featured very relevant refugee themes and the oppression of black people. I feel like you guys have always done a great job of balancing your political views pretty well and being somewhat empathetic to those you disagree with, but this time was rather disappointing as it felt like you yourselves, and I apologize for the more direct tone, may have had your may have had your heads in the sand when it comes to understanding those who disagree with you politically, assuming you two are not right-leaning. Uh, still, I'm a big fan of the show and love tuning in. You guys always give me enough theories and predictions to be able to seem like I'm the uh, some smart person every time I discuss the show with family and friends. Mm-hmm. 
Take care, Joshua M. Hey, Joshua. Thank you for writing it in. Thank you for very much. Um, and-, and yes, it was a broad, sweeping generalization of half the country has their head in the sand. That's, that is a phrase that I said, and I will accept that it is broad strokes, but I, I don't know that I accept that it's necessarily wrong. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think half the country has their head in the sand. I think that half the country either has their head in the sand or they are deciding that other things are more important than the problems that exist racially in this country. And that is a decision you can make. I am not making it. I, it is, and here, uh, Joshua says that we're getting our, 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 our information from late night comedians and not talking to, um, to people that, that we disagree with. That is not true. Not true of yeah, me. Let's anyway. not make assumptions when you don't know, you know, what sure. people are doing. We're sure. not making assumptions about how you're getting your information and, I can guarantee you we're not getting ours from late night TV hosts. I mean, I get some from late night TV hosts. I'm not going to lie, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I love late night TV hosts. Um, but no, it's not where I get my information for real, but, um, like I, it's not like I haven't talked to right leaning people. I am very much like versed in the right leaning side of things. I grew up very right leaning and basically was a conservative until, the until Donald Trump basically mm-hmm. and like there was there's always been a string of racism in our in, in in that side of things and and I was able to logic it away for a long time but when it is being so heavily touted by the man in charge of the whole thing uh I left and so I don't not uh, know what's going on. I don't not understand how they think. I, it's not like I never talked to someone on that side. I was the guy on that side. And th- the stuff that's gone on the last four years, I would not bury my head in the sand and I would not prioritize other things over the like, I mean, it sounds cheesy. It sounds very left leaning, but the soul of the nation, <laughs> like goddamn snowflake. Yeah. I'm a goddamn <laughs> snowflake. Like I, when, do, the way Donald Trump talked about in in very broad generalizations about people that were hurting and people that are calling out in pain and people that are asking for refugee status and the way that he talked about basically anyone that wasn't his color, it's just real obviously what was going on. And right. if you don't see that, I think you're wrong. You have a right to believe what you believe, but and and you have a right to prioritize like capitalism over people that are hurting, but that's what you're doing. Yep. You're either burying your head in the sand or you're prioritizing an economic system or whatever you think about politics other than that stuff over that stuff. Or you think it's all lies. And I just vehemently disagree with you. The ma- the like numbers are not on your side. The numbers are just not on your side. It is very simple. There is a huge disparity. Even I can do that math. (laughs) There's a huge disparity in wealth in this country. There's a huge disparity in education. There's a huge disparity in policing. And there's a huge disparity in incarceration rates. And they're just true. So either you believe, if you don't believe in systemic racism, you believe that black people are inherently worse. That's just, that's the math. Like you're either you're you're saying 
that there's no systemic problem or you're saying that uh the that that an entire uh race of people have decided to make decisions that are worse for them and like you 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 can believe that but that that is racism like inherently <laughs> so you have to decide it's either systemic racism or it's or or you are personally racist like that's that's I can, the <laughs> I can see how happy Ashley is to not be on camera right now <laughs> like she's got an eyebrow raised she's got her her head you know, perked up on Dance her hands. around it delicately, boys. <laughs> well, we said we were going to get canceled. It's only been a year for me. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to bring you in, Ashley. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. You're on camera. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Put your cheeks back get or the, whatnot. Get the persona on. Yeah. So okay. Screw your smile in. No, it's the other oh. eyebrow. Oh. That. <laughs> And, and, that one and, doesn't go down. And let me it say, doesn't. it's always in a what the fuck. Let me say, all that stuff I just said, which was very direct and very like scathing or whatever. Like, I don't think you think that about yourself at all, and I don't think that you uh, are. I think that you. I don't even think you're necessarily making the decision to believe that you are. You sometimes people are just trusting news sources that tell them one thing that is not true. Mm-hmm. So, I, hashtag sad. And that, and I think it's sad. Like I really do. I I was mm-hmm. super conservative for a very long time, and I still am on a lot of issues. But like this one, I won't stand for anymore. And, and civil rights is not politics, and that is why we are going to continue talking about it on this podcast. We are going to continue having discussions about um, the way they handle race in this show. And yes. civil think, rights is not I politics. think saying that we're going to continue to talk about it on this podcast is really like we have to quantify that or, or qualify that with a uh, as long as it's part of the content that we're covering. Yeah, we're not going to just we're not going to shy away from it yeah. just because we don't like the feeling that it gives us when we talk about it. Right. That people don't want to hear about it. Well, then, you you know, I guess you shouldn't watch the show. Right. Because right. we're all hearing do- about it. You don't want to deal with racism, then maybe you should go read DC. And that was a no, what? No, Sorry, what are you no. talking about? <laughs> Sorry, we talked about this. We talked about this. Okay. No, I, again, I love all you guys. I love everybody who listens to this podcast, and um, I really appreciate all the people who listen to this podcast. It's it's been hugely cool to see this community grow up, but it doesn't mean I, I just won't. St- I, and we we won't talk about all the politics, but like when it comes to racial stuff and I I just, I'm not going to not talk about it when it comes up in the shows. Right. We're not going to shy away from it, but we're not going to, uh, we're not going to become a politics podcast either. Episode about it. Oh, wait. (laughs) Well, this is just the end. We needed a precursor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Freaking out. We needed to just, you know, reel it back in and tell everybody, you know, this is what's happening. Yeah. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier was awesome. The first episode was amazing. I'm so looking forward to this next episode. I what I want more than anything out of the show is for for Buckbeak to happen. I want I want Falcon and I want the Winter Soldier together. I want my chocolate and my peanut butter because I'm a Reese's fan. I want them I want their interaction. I want can you move the seat up? No. Like 
I love their interactions together. Mm-hmm. I want that. Give me that. You've shown me that in the trailers, Marvel. Give it to me. I want it. I know you've got it. I know you've got it. Yeah, yeah. it better. I don't need another episode of them separated. I'll tell you that right now with only <laughs> six episodes. You right? get one. One. <laughs> you get one. They better be together. Yep. 15 minutes into this next episode. They better be together. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like the, the WandaVision thing where they don't get outside five. of the uh, – outside of the hex until the fourth episode like oh god ashley's so mad. ashley's like put those two beautiful men together do it <laughs> mind. Yeah. like sam wilson looked stellar in that suit when he was presenting the shield mm-hmm. anthony mackie is a he's a good looking dude yeah oh for sure absolutely i saw him in a uh, altered carbon very Ooh, naked yeah. very naked <laughs> Extremely. Uh, <laughs> on a scale of one to naked, he was pretty naked. Yeah, pretty, pretty naked. Uh, Rob says in the chat, I think there are definitely issues that aren't negotiable like civil rights, but most issues aren't black or white. Uh, there is gray areas. <laughs> there are gray areas and people's ability to talk and recognize other points makes the gray more prevalent and takes away the black and white divisiveness uh, a little. I agree with you completely. I think there's a lot of gray area in in the way we handle racism and in the way in the way what what should we do about it? All those issues right. there's a lot of gray area. But on whether it exists and whether there's a problem, there's just there isn't a gray area to me. <laughs> the most important takeaway from this is that w- there is a lot of discussion that can be brought up on uh on exactly how racism is apparent in this country and uh, just the world in general. And I might not be the best person to talk about that with if you don't agree with me. And I'm okay with that. And I really need you to be okay with that too. So if you do want to chat, I'm happy to talk to you about how I feel about this stuff. So please add M- uh, mcucast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Just say it's for Matt about racism shit. Yeah, attention, Matt. Attention, Matt. Uh, and and, and uh, so Ashley can ignore those. Um, <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I'll happily have a discussion with you. I really do love you guys 3000 and don't have any hate for anyone. And especially most people don't have hate for people either. They just may not fully, they don't see the things the way I see them. And I would happily have the discussion to try to bring some people over to see things the way that I do. Cause I think that I have learned things in the last four years because of the things that pushed me this direction. I ended up learning a lot and I feel like those things are true and they're worth, they're worth learning and talking to people about. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Ray in the chat in response to you saying or to us saying all of that about uh, (laughs) sorry about um, Anthony Mackie being in Ultra Carbon quite naked. Uh, She said, excuse me, I have to go watch some Ultra Carbon. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I got to get to let you know that is going to be season two of Ultra Carbon. Season Uh, two, episode three, uh, 14 minutes. And I'm lying. I'm just pretending like I knew the exact timestamp. <laughs> it was a joke. Uh, what? Was a good joke. Uh, did, was there anything else in the chat, Ash, that you rounded up there toward the end that we kind of didn't talk about yet? Yep, I'll do three quick ones. Uh, Smith Rocks 2 says, I found it interesting that Flag Smasher is now an organization instead of just one villain, like in the comics. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting, too. I feel like it's a better name for an organization than it is for a villain. <laughs> 
Flag yeah. Smasher sounds like a dumb villain name, but for like <laughs> an organization. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. It's very, yep. very exactly. Exactly like that. Exactly. exactly like that. You said it. Uh, and these last two kind of piggyback off each other. So let me, I'll just read them both together. Our Breeze says, um, it's cool that Falcon and the Winter Soldier have Steve Rogers as their common thread. But what I'm looking forward to is their interaction in regards to Bucky having PTSD and Sam who worked at the VA with soldiers who had PTSD. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to see how that happens. And just said, piggybacking off that, uh, Bucky's therapist mentioned that Sam had been texting him, Bucky. He's probably reaching out to try to help, but Bucky's not ready. Uh, I can't wait for that. That sounds really wonderful. Mm -hmm. That sounds really, really wonderful. Yeah, there's no one better to help him than Sam. Yeah, for sure. There might be better people, but, like, there's no one better that we've seen on screen. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you go put your head in the sand? Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> just leaving the possibility open. I mean, <laughs> we've seen that like his therapist is terrible. Well, I like her because she's also like been in war. Like she's calling him in his shit. She yeah, knew yeah. he didn't just mean peace. Yep. She's like that is utter bullshit. bullshit. Like I like, need mm-hmm. my therapist to talk to me like that because if they're just throwing <laughs> the therapy mumbo jumbo, I'm going to mentally check out and do what he's doing. But when you connect with me on a real level and talk to me like I'm a person, not just a project, you're going to get more from me. <laughs> if you talk to me like I like the idiot that you know that I am, yeah, that I kind of know that I am. Hey, <laughs> you know, when you're in, you know, when you're doing the wrong thing for yourself. Yeah. And you're just lying about it. You're being kind of an idiot. Yeah. And sugarcoating it may not necessarily be the best way for some people. And it seems that uh, she feels that way with Bucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least he followed rule three thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> I am no longer the Winter Soldier. Only when he did. Only really followed. Hey, nobody got hurt permanently. Mm. Yeah, they both no, kind of got hurt a little that bit. Guy's- Nose a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little hurt. But then he smiled. That's true. That makes it all better. And then she, she got arrested. She was a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv strandedpanda TV and available at youtube.com strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.